She sawed the loaf of bread into thick slices and stacked them on a plate, set out a pound of butter already hacked and scored by knife blades. Hela and the two boys filled the low-ceilinged room. They pulled off their muddy packed boots and set them on the newspaper behind the stove, hung up the wool jackets that held the shapes of their shoulders, the bend of their arms. Halet lathered his hands and forearms in the sink. May dipped out a pan of hot water from the stove reservoir, ran in a little cold, and poured it over his head while he rubbed his face with both hands and snorted. Ray's not eating here tonight, Ma, said Phil. Well, where's he eating then? Home. Says he's going out hunting alone tomorrow and he wants to get ready. He's not going with Amando and us. Yeah, thinks he's going to get one by himself, said Clover. I imagine he'll try, said Halet, and scraped the chair legs over the floor. May set out the platter of meat and potatoes, a bowl of succotash. Looks like everybody gets a day off but me, she said. The three men leaned over their plates, shoving the food into their mouths. Phil shook pepper over everything. Don't anybody notice they're eating pork for the third straight week, she said. Seems like you'd notice that. Wait till tomorrow, said Phil. There'll be four bucks hanging out there. Shut up, said Clover. You ruined the luck talking about it. His slow glance went to the shelf where his buck lures stood. Dr. T's buck urine, Hunter's moon dough in heat, and rawhide gel. Shut up yourself, said Phil. Halet scraped his chair back and forth through silence. May put a potato on his plate. What's taken Amando so long? He didn't go over to the trailer, did he, trying to get back with Julia? I imagine, said Halet. I imagine it's about the road. He's had to go see about the road. I told him we ought not skid logs when it was that wet. Wait till it froze up again. But no, Amando and Ray was in a hurry to get done. When was this? Oh, two weeks ago, after all that rain, last day on Warp's lot, if we pulled the logs out then, if we left them, we'd have had to come back with all the equipment, break up into the setup we got now over on the Cold Key Road. Amando says, oh, don't worry about it. Anybody squawks, I'll take care of it. Just let's get these logs out now. Yeah, said May. I can just hear him saying it. So, today, here comes Benny, says, Selectman want to talk to you boys about what you done to town highway number six. I didn't say a word, just waved him right over to Amando. Let him talk his way out of it, he's such a good talker. Is it rutted up bad? Phil laughed, jerking his head back, a single hard noise that came out of his throat like a bird cry. Rutted up bad? It's a lake, a lake, a lake all filled up with brown water. Fish could live there, you could swim across. He thrust up his arm to show the depth, and fragments of food fell from his fork into his hair. Well, there's not much they can do about it, is there? Why don't they just fix it up and leave him alone, said May. She made up a plate for Amanda with an extra slice of meat, mashed his potato fine with her fork, and shaped it into a cup to hold the gravy. She put the plate into the warming oven, made a cup of tea for Halet. The boys started in on opening day. May guessed they'd talked about it since morning, where they might go, whether to track or still hunt or drive, reviewing past seasons and deer sign they'd seen in the last few weeks. You make brown bread, Ma? asked Clover. You know I didn't. I've been a working girl since July, if you'd notice. You're lucky I got back here in time to make dinner. There's pie. Take pie, apple or cherry. Ma, I like to have the brown bread. You don't know how good it is when you half froze and starve, and it don't flash white like a sandwich or pie. 
takes three hours of slow steamer to cook brown bread, and I'm about ready to hit the hay right now. I'll stay up and watch it, said Clover. I don't want to get shot by some flatlander thinks a white sandwich is a buck's behind. Like that guy got killed over on Hawk Mountain, brown bread brings me good luck. Knowing what you're doing brings the luck, Mr. Man, said Halick. That guy on Hawk Mountain, said Phil, like, like this. And he leaned back and put one foot on the chair, whistled carelessly, and bit an imaginary sandwich. He bit again. The imaginary sandwich flew away, the teeth thrust from the contorted mouth, and his hand jerked up as though to stop a hot spray of blood jetting out of his throat. They heard Amando's truck outside, heard the door to the shed slam. Amando came into the kitchen on a wedge of raw air, stamping his feet. They watched him pull the knitted cap off his sand-colored hair, tight round curls like a drawing. Like a drawing, too, his heavy eyelids and amber irises, so pale they seemed the color of bog water. The narrow face was marked with fine lines. May took his heavy jacket and hung it with the others behind the stove. Turning colder out, said Halet. A sense of unease seeped into the kitchen with the bitter air, a feeling that it was necessary to watch out for something. Phil put his head down and ate pie. Snow. Smells like snow. I kept looking for snow on the windshield all the way here. The damn heater in the truck don't work. Amando jerked his chair out and sat at the table. Track and snow, said Clover. I hope we get three or four inches of good track and snow. Phil dragged his fork across his plate. What'd the selectman say, Amando? What'd that little bow-legged Benny and the selectman say? May set Amando's plate in front of him. He looked directly at her, something her other sons rarely did. Halet never. Amando ate without answering. Clover, said May, you're so eager for brown bread, how about you get a start on the dishes while I mix it? Amando looked up. You ain't going to start making brown bread now, are you? Well, I wouldn't, only Clover wants it bad enough to set up with it while it steams. I'm going to bed just as soon as I get it on the stove. She began mixing the molasses and eggs in a heavy yellow bowl. Clover slid the plates through the greasy water, and Phil sang made-up words nobody knew. Something made Halet look up. He was writing his daily lines on the weather in his pocket notebook. Sun, A.M., wet, sharp wind out of southwest, cloudy by four, shower, dark by five. His pencil stopped. Is that sleet or snow, he said, hearing the scattered ticks on the window glass. Phil pressed his hot face against the window. Sleet he said, watching the spicules of ice slide down the pane. Halet's pencil wrote. Halet was down the next morning at 3.30 to get the stoves going. He liked turning the dark chill away, enjoyed the little solitude, the resinous odor of kindling catching fire. The shovel squeaked as he drew out the ashes. May yawned into the kitchen in her old pink chenille wrapper, the back shiny where she'd sat it flat, and held her hands over the crackling stove in the ritual gesture to catch the first comforting warmth. There was Halet with his billets of wood and chunking damper balancing chimney draft against the quick need for heat. The brown bread was still faintly warm. She sliced it and wrapped the pieces in foil, cut the remains of a pork roast, leaving the white rim of fat on the meat, making the deer hunt lunches the way she'd made them for 30 years, packing in the sweet, fatty foods they liked. 
Clover would have nothing pale nor white, nothing that cracked when bitten, nothing too juicy. Too bad they don't make black cheese, she murmured. Halep put the coffee on, an electric plug-in pot Amando and Julia had given them at Christmas a year ago. The novelty was still on it. They thought it a luxury to drink the fresh hot coffee before the kettle on the wood-fired kitchen range burned, boiled. <clears throat> she slid the big frying pan onto the hot spot and knocked in a spoon of bacon grease. She had saved the coffee pot wrapping paper, dark green with silver bells on it, something Julia picked out. Clover galloped through the kitchen and out into the dark in his bare feet, hand clamped over his groin, eyes blind with sleep. He came back salted with fine, hard crystals. Still coming down. If it stops pretty soon, we'll be okay. Put the radio on, Pa. Let's see if we get the forecast. He poured a cup of coffee and took it upstairs with him. They heard him kick Phil's door and say, get up or get left. The radio crackled and blurred. Much snatches of music whirled past as Halet twisted the dial. Oh, here, let me do that. You always rip through those stations like the knob was hot. May found the school report station she tuned in for years when the boys were in school to tell when they could stay home instead of hiking a mile down the road in bad weather. The familiar racy voice surged at them. Off tonight, total accumulation six to eight inches, up to 12 inches in the mountains and on Mount Washington. The temperature is 37 below with winds gusting to 70. Damn it, I hate to go hunting when it's snowing. Tracks get covered up. You can't see nothing. Deer all bed down in the cedars. You can step on one before it'd get up and move. Your clothes get wet. You can't see where the boys are or what trigger happy hunter from New Jersey's out there ready to shoot blind at the first sound he hears. Well, stay home then. Get right back in bed. She filled the four worn thermos bottles with coffee. That's it. You got to make it.